All right, show two. Yep. I have. I've figured out who I want to call out. Okay. I want to call out Nike, <laughs> and I want to call out LeBron James. What they're doing is disgraceful. What are they doing? They've pulled all Rockets merchandise from China, the China stores. Okay. Because NBA owner, well, Houston Rockets owner Daryl Morey tweeted a, or retweeted, I believe, a um, photo that was like, stand with China. Uh, not with China, with Hong Kong. Obviously, the Hong Kong riots. Yeah. Um, they're being oppressed by the Chinese government. And then... China pulled all its money out of the Houston Rockets and now Nike, to save their own ass, is going to pull all the Houston Rockets stuff out of China. It's a disgrace. And That's LeBron James. Dog. LeBron James, you say you're more than an athlete and you won't shut up and dribble. You want to talk about social issues. But as soon as it affects your bottom dollar, nah, you don't talk about it. That's a disgrace. Oh, that's heavy. That's a disgrace. That is heavy. I like that. Just because you're that's LeBron James doesn't mean you're immune to criticism. It's a disgrace what you're doing. You think you're a social hero, but you're not. Do something about it. You're one of the most powerful men in the world. Do something about it. It's a disgrace right now. Mate, Steph Curry. I like that. You too. It's a disgrace. What did Steph Curry do? He's just as big. He's not saying anything. Oh. What about Clay Thompson? His shoes are from China. Clay, you need to pull out of that deal right now. I didn't even think of what that. What about the Antetokounmpo guy? Is he nah. saying anything? Uh, but he's not as big, so... I he bet he'd say something, shoe, but, yeah. I bet he would say something. But he's from, like, Greece. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> maybe he's just not as privy to the uh, Are there many Greek players? <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. think so. No. But he has, like, three brothers. Like, <laughs> Theanis Antetokounmpo. Oh, Theanis, that's dope. <laughs> and his name's Giannis. Um, yeah. Costas. Costas Antetokounmpo. Costas. Yeah, I think, I think Theanos one. is the best name. I think there's one more too. But yeah, sort it out, Nike. And I like what... Um, and Blizzard also stood with China. But I like what uh, the community's trying to do there. Yeah. They're um, trying to make... the Like, they're sort of trying to make... One of the Overwatch, I think it's Overwatch, characters become yeah, yeah, a yeah. Hong Kong icon. Mm. Like, they're putting, like, free Hong Kong on... Like the mods and stuff like that, and yeah, that is pretty cool. And even Reddit is getting in on, on it. Anything to do with anti-China is being deleted by mods. So oh, okay, there you go. Well, I I think it goes deep. The China money too <laughs> much to overcome. I th- which is actually really crazy because like less than fifty years ago, they were one of the poorest countries out there. Like they they worked hard to get to where they are, but yeah, you know, obviously there's a lot of corruption and stuff. As with every country, though, to be fair. But I think as an athlete, by default, you don't have to stand up to these things. But if these guys are coming out and saying, I'm more than an athlete, you know, I'm standing with this person, I'm doing this out here, yeah. then you sort of do have, have to speak on it. Yeah. Ron James, yeah. his words were, I don't want to shut up and dribble. We'll come on then and say something. Mm. And Nike came out in support of Colin Kaepernick, but they knew that a large base of their... Um, they're, they're, um, like fan base consumers kind of yeah consumers that's is a good word. urban is yeah. people of colour and they knew that they would stand with Colin Kaepernick so really they had an agenda behind that too so is it agenda or agenda agenda yeah yeah um, but yeah that's enough of that let's get in to the music to the music now 
It's been my final week of uni, so I had three assignments due. So oh, was it actually? My yeah, for this semester. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I did not even know. So my review is quite short, and it's quite an odd album too. So it is on the shorter side anyway. But we'll get to that um, in a little bit. What do you want to do? Do you want to do uh, your I'll question you, first? Mate, that's exactly what I was about to. Uh, All right. To say, go for it then. Do you think Kylie Jenner is a part of the culture? No. No? No. I think she might be. No. Because she's, she, she's not a rapper. No, but she puts rappers on. <clears throat> like, Post Malone met Kanye because of her. There was one other rapper, I forget who. I was going to look this up before we came in, but I totally forgot. But she played his song in her car. Like, it was just a video of her, like, sort of doing one of these ones. And right. his song was playing in the background, and then he blew up. Yeah, but... <coughs> A lot of these things, but like you could say that about anyone, like. Oh no! It's got to have like someone with influence. Like she does make contributions to the culture, and she's like sort of you know dating people in the game. Yeah, but there's people dating people in the game that aren't in the culture too. Yeah, but then she's got the other things going for her as well. This rain is getting quite noisy at the moment. Bless you. No, I don't think she's in the culture. She hasn't so? done. She hasn't done enough for me. Like, okay. She hasn't contributed enough. Like, those people that she put on contributed to the culture by putting their art out there. Yeah, that's she true. She just that highlighted fair. what they did. Like, we're doing that. Like, I wouldn't say we're in the culture. I think we're surrounding the culture. Okay, that's fair. I like that uh, analogy. We're getting people into the culture. Yeah. So there you go. Mate... We need to start making music then to yeah, get into the you, culture. Yeah, you um, you got those beats that you send to DJ Khaled. So yep. you're in, you're in. I'm not in. I'm not in. I'm not in just yet. <laughs> I'll get you to. I'll get um you to send one to Peggy. All right. He might like it. I'll just send I think him he nothing. Legitimately will like it. I'll send him nothing and be like, you got to feel wild. it. You got to. You got to feel it to hear it. <laughs> I'll say. I'll say to him. I sent you an acapella beat. And just send me a beats, <laughs> and then just send them nothing. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I um, I did. Oh yeah, you guys will see this on Friday. But um, I sent Joe Budden a message as well. I couldn't send it at the time we were recording because it was the episode hadn't been released yet. But uh, yeah, I sent him a message, just saying, um. I made a segment on how much I dislike you and why, and then I linked last Friday's episode. I said it starts at 16.30. He hasn't read it yet, but I'm sure he'll reply. Oh, come on, Joe. And then I've got to send one to the other person, which you guys will see. I was about to actually say it. I can't even remember. So, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into Song of the Year. I know it was... Cream. Cash rules everything around me. Cream. Get the By money. Dollar, dollar clan. Bills, as well as... Uh, oh, what was it? Far Side. The Far Side. Yeah. On... I can't remember what it was called, though. I can't remember either. I'll get it up right now. But my body... Is telling me, yeah. Okay. For some, there we go. Now it's updated. Um... On Passing Me By. That's it. 
Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, let's do the one that I think is going to win. We don't really have to talk about the other one, but we will. So, so we're talking about Crane then? <coughs> yes. Cash rules everything around me. Yeah. Like, it's just iconic. It's literally like most people would have that in their top 10 songs of all time. Yeah. I, I had uh, Enter the Wu-Tang, like, Enter the 36 Chambers by Wu-Tang mm. um, as my, I think, third or fourth best album of all time. Um, and yeah, yeah it, it's it's an insane song. Like it's just so catchy. Yeah, just the and like the dollar dollar bills, y'all. It's so iconic. It's so ingrained into the culture now too. Yeah, like, you don't even have to be a fan of New York rap or um, of like East Coast rap. You don't even have to be a fan of rap to know. Yeah, and like it's such an like everyone uh, knows it. Like cream, like oh, I'm getting that cream. Yeah, and it, even like they you, made that slang. Yeah, and even yeah. if you put it out in. Um, like C R E A M, most people will know, like cash rules everything around me. Yeah. Like, and it's just a, uh, it's just cool to say too. Yeah. Cash rules everything around me, and I just really like the opening um, verse by I can't remember who does it. But Method ha- Man. Is it Method when he's like, I grew up, no, wait. Are you thinking of the, the second cr- verse? No, on the crime side, the New York Times side. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's Method Man. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, it is hard. I actually, I prefer Inspector Deck's verse, which is the second verse. He talks right. about uh, when he went to jail. Yeah. I've got a quote here because it, it is really good. I, it is a fairly long one because it's just yep. really good. But he says, um, A man with a dream with plans to make cream which failed and went to jail at the age of 15. A young buck selling drugs and such who never had much trying to get a clutch at what I could not touch. The court played me short. Now I face incarceration. Pacing. Going upstate's my destination. Handcuffed in the back of a bus. Forty of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned I learned life is hell. Living in the world no different from a cell. Every day I escape from Jake's given chase, selling bass, smoking bones in the staircase. It's so like New that, York too. The, it really is. The, that is hard. The thing that gives it away, well, if you didn't hear it, because obviously you can hear it in his accent, but yeah. the way he says certain words, Jake's, bones, yeah. things like that. Jake's obviously like, referring to police. When like saying that, I can just, I picture something being like stitched together. Yeah. It's so well crafted. Yeah. It's that's a good verse. New York rap, nineties, early two thousands with Cameron mm. and guys like that. And obviously the fifty cent and sort of like that G unit era in the bling era of rap. <laughs> yep. Um yeah, it was it's tough to be obviously Nas. We obviously talked about it last week or two weeks ago. Yeah. Um Nas, Jay Z, like they had that style like um Wu Tang do it well too, is and it all sort of stemmed sort of obviously New York sounds very different to everything else but if you listen mm. to New York rap it's very slow and yeah. um, Nas sort of made it extremely famous uh, Wu-Tang was before Nas but Nas really perfected it and what's funny is that Jay-Z and Nas obviously had their beef but Jay-Z actually used to rap fast like he used to rap like completely different to how mm. he raps now like that slow pace because he saw Nas doing it and was like well yeah. that's like way better than what I'm doing which is cool, and Wu Tang sort of did did that before Nas even yeah came out, and obviously Biggie was like a slower pace sort yeah. of rapper as well. Yeah, he sort of spoke with with importance. Yeah, with a bit of purpose. Yeah, yeah. 
I really like, like this stuff. What's the song where he's like, I grew up, I fucking screw up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's song. that's his most iconic one. Yeah. It's not juicy. No. Oh, is it? No, I, I don't even think know. so. And then there's, Google that. there's the one where... Um, I don't think it's... It's definitely not hypnotized. No. It could be juicy. Ten Crack Commandments. Running. Running. There By Tupac. And he's on it, isn't he? I think so. Well, we got the wrong person. <laughs> no, in that voice, I can hear it in... Yeah, that's voice. 100%. Uh, yeah, featuring Notorious yeah. B.I.J., yeah. And then I know that J. Cole used it in one of his songs, July 28th. Is it July 28th? Uh, January 28th. I grew up. I fucking screw up. I yeah, tie my shoe dope. up. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool to see. Got announced and fucking blew up. <laughs> all right. That's hard. So, so, where do we think this rates... On the scale of all the songs we've heard so far. Oh, it's definitely up there. Yeah, for me, it's number one. Yeah. Cash rules everything around um, me. Cream. I think it's just a better version of the message. Yeah. It's different. It's a different message. Yeah. But it's but like, in the same vein. Yeah, yeah. The same sort of conscious rap. The same iconic status. Yeah. I. Yeah. For me personally, Wu-Tang... Um, has been like very um, influential in my listening just because Mm. like when I first was getting into rap long long many moons ago like I obviously wasn't I don't even think I was born no because this was 1994 I don't even think I was born I wasn't even born when they were like big oh even when you first started listening to rap (laughs) no and so obviously I listened to like Kanye West Eminem 50 Cent, Lil Wayne, guys Mm. that came out later, but like when I went back, it was always sort of um, back to Wu-Tang, Jay-Z, but Jay-Z obviously was still making music, but like Wu-Tang, A Tribe Called Quest, Mm. New York Groups, um, Dr. Dre, Tupac, guys like that, but one thing I will say is how ingrained it is into hip-hop culture, Uh, no, into just pop culture, Yeah, Wu-Tang, like people... Will refer to Cream obviously all the time, especially in movies. Yeah, like especially in if you watch a movie that's set in New York, it's bound to have either the like a Wu Tang track in it. Yeah, or it's going to have a reference to it. Tribe Called Quest. Name. And when I went to New York, um, in the shops, they're always putting on New York artists. Jay, like every mm. single shop had Jay Z, a Tribe Called Quest. Well, um, Wu Tang have their own street Wu-Tang, now too. Yeah, Wu Tang Street. Like, what other yeah. artist has? A fucking street named yeah. after them, like that's a high. Uh... It's a long street. We've got a lot of names <laughs> to fit in there. Um, but yeah, really but I, I've enjoy seen, like, this song. Yeah, th- it, this is. I haven't listened to everything that they've done, but out of the ones that I have heard, it's definitely their best one. Yeah. It's so catchy as well. Yeah, but I've seen like coffee mugs with dollar dollar bills yarl on it. Yeah, like that's how far it's reached. A, a rap song from what is it, nineteen ninety three. Yeah. 1994 yeah. or 93, yeah. 93. Like and um, yeah, it's on coffee mugs still today. Yeah. That's like, and I'm sure some of the people buying the coffee mugs are like, oh yeah, I know that saying, but don't actually know where it's from. Yeah. Like that's how far that that has reached. That's impressive. Yeah. If you live in New York, you most likely love them. Like yeah. even if you're not a hip hop fan, because they've done so much for the for the culture. Like, do mm. we even have any Brisbane Brisbane rappers? 
Like because everyone no, sort of loves like Melbourne on Sydney. Yeah, because a lot of people love three sixty and and even Cursor. Yeah, even though well, they like they're not good, but like yeah. they they represent us. Yeah, so. they're Australian icons. Like Hilltop Hoods. Yeah, Bliss and Esso. I think Bl- Bliss and Esso are Melbourne. I don't know about Hilltop Hoods. I know six is Melbourne. No, I think they're from Perth or something. Hilltop Hoods. Maybe. Oh yeah, you're right actually. And sixty is. Melbourne, Melbourne, yeah. yeah. Curse was Sydney. Is he no, Sydney? Yeah, Sydney. Oh, yeah, because he's from like Blacktown or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blacktown. What a lovely and, place. No, I've never been there, to be fair. Uh, I worked with a guy who grew up there and he says it's fucking horrible. <laughs> um, and then, oh, who, oh, chilling it. I think he's from Melbourne. I didn't even know. Past the lighter, bro. Oh, look. I know um, a triple one of Sydney. All right, well, while Robert does that, I'm chilling it. I'm going to look at. Far Sides. What was it called again? Passing Me By. That's right. Yeah. This song's talking about someone out of their Sydney league. Sydney. For chilling Sydney, yeah. Well, like, it's actually about his teacher. Yeah. That he'll never be able to get. Yeah. Because of the... The age gap. The, age gap <laughs> the, and the ridiculousness sort of, the, of it. Yeah. And the sort of... This opportunity is passing him by. Mm. Who would have thunk it? But I just like the names in Far Side. Booty Brown. <laughs> yeah, I think that is funny. What was the other guy's name? Slim Kid 3. What happened to Slim Kid 1 and 2? <laughs> Uh, Amani and what was the other guy? Fat Lip. Yeah, Fat Lip. That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't really like this one. Like, as soon as I heard the first line, like, now my younger days, I used to sport a shag. I was like, yeah, no, this is trash. Yeah. Farside, this one's sort of underrated, I think. Not many people have heard of Farside. I have yeah. only listened to a few. This was the first time I've listened to Farside in many years. Um, I had heard the song before, but I gave it a refresher. I did like the um, final verse by Fat Fat Lip. Yeah. Um, I was about to call him Fat Joe. <laughs> oh, he's from New York too. Um, he is. Now there she goes again, the dopest Ethiopian. Yeah. And now the world around me begins moving in slow motion when... Like, that's hard. I do like that. The that dopest is. Ethiopian. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't... Obviously, this song is going to get dwarfed in by, comparison. Yeah, anything that Wu-Tang does. Yeah, you could have put... You could have put the message up against this, and I still would have heavily favoured. Um, but yeah, this actually this song actually went number one. Um, okay. For hip hop, was it? That. Yeah, hip for hot rap singles, um, and number fifty two on the uh, Billboard Hot One Hundred for all the genres, which is pretty good. Mm. Pretty um, high up there. It is. But yeah, um, not much to talk about. There's not really Oop. many like much chorus in this, is there? No, there's not. Just, she keeps on passing me by. Yeah, that's that's just that repeated. I actually really like the production. I think the production, like the beat, was way better than Cream. We reckon. Yeah, like I'll I'll play it because it's. I don't really remember how it goes, but I I do know it's really cool. What's the what's it called? Pass me by. No, I think Cream's beats better. Well, from what I let me hear it again. Like that's. I like that little wind instrument. Yeah. Right. Skip it in. Skip it in a little bit. You know what it sort of reminds me of? What's that? Like. Early Eminem. Like, it's mm. weird to sort of say that, but like. No, I, I can definitely see like that. When he sort of puts on the accents a little yeah. bit. I actually, I did not like the first verse at all. Right. 
Like the line... Um, not even early Eminem. Relapse Eminem. I'm going to play a song in a minute. <laughs> and let's see. Where it says, uh, Always got mad when the class was dismissed, but when it was in session, I always had a question. I would raise my hand to make a stagger to my desk and help me with the problem. It was never much. Just a trick to smell a scent and try and sneak a touch. Sneak a touch. Like, that's just not right. Sneaking a touch. We're not for that. It's uh, like... I know... Obviously, he's talking from a kid's point of view, and a kid doesn't understand boundaries and stuff like that. But when he recorded this, I looked up his age. He would have been 23. Yeah. He's talking from a perspective, though. Yeah. No, I don't mess with that, though. That rubbed me the wrong way. All right, here's the one I'm thinking of by Eminem. It's called 3AM. It's like yeah. sort of got like the same... I don't know. It, I do know exactly what you mean, and I do agree with you. But yeah, Farside unfortunately came up against a Titan that will, will yeah, not probably beat get pretty beat. much anything. Yeah, that um, in the songs coming up, I don't see it getting beaten, but maybe I'll have to give them a re-listen. Yeah. So let's move on to your review, then my review, and then that's it, I think. Oh, my Discog Dive as well. Oh, Discog Dive. Oh, well, do you want to do that first or the review first? No, I'll do the Discog Dive first. All right. So I did a party next door. PND. Yep. Never really listened to him before. Like I've heard um, a couple of songs he's done with Kanye over the years. Yeah. That's about it. I know he's got. I have listened to his albums. What's he got? He's like, got party next door three. Yeah, or well, party next door, party next door two, party next door three, and then he's just got two EPs that were released yeah. two years ago. Yeah. So um, on party next door. July 2013. He sounds very like sort of Drake inspired, um, and The Weeknd as well. Um, obviously, you know he was he's like signed to Drake as well as having like several Drake features throughout his discography. Um, he sounded more like The Weeknd, but with Drake's content, because The Weeknd is like about just like you know hard drugs, prostitutes. You know, getting a table designed specifically for snorting cocaine off of. Yeah. And Party Next Door's content is much similar to Drake, so he's just like, I love you. Please come back. Yeah. Yeah. I like girls. Um, obviously, like, I do like the Party Next Door. That's sort of playing him down a fair bit, but he is good. Um, in uh, Was Good slash Curious as well, I'll play that. He sounds like exactly like Drake. Like, I, I thought that it was an uncredited feature at first. Like, that sounds so much like Drake. It does. Um, he was only 19 at that point as well. So, obviously very young, and, you know, sort of... he Like, at that age, he'd be looking up to people and trying to do what his idols are doing. So, we'll sort of just have to see if he ends up making his own sound or not. But he definitely does have elements that are him. Like the breaks at the end of some of the songs, he's got like trumpets sort of coming in. I love that. Love a good trumpet. It sounds really, really good. Um, The track with Drake over here has a line that perfectly describes R&B. All I ever asked for was patience. Patience and pussy, but mostly patience. There you go. I think that encapsulates R&B as an entirety. Uh, the last song has like a spoken hook, and he's got a really good voice. He raps a little bit later on, and he's he is good. But um, 
yeah, I, I do wish that he sort of incorporates his normal voice more. Um, as a whole, his first album, it's, yeah, very sort of taken from his idols. Like the sound that he's making is obviously heavily inspired from other people in the game. Um, production is fucking on point as well. All self-produced, so he can make everything just fit. Um, I, I really like that he keeps that up. Oh, sorry, I really hope that he keeps that up. Um, everything I can say about this album just describes every R&B album. So if you like R&B or like good R&B, it's, right. it's, it's really good. And you haven't listened to his first album yet, heavily recommend it. So in 2014, which is one year later, he released Party Next Door 2. And he sounds like a separate entity in this track. Um, I, I didn't really feel it for the first half of the album. It did take him a while to find his footing. But when he found it... Oh, like, he found it. Mate, Drake is quaking. The weekend's creaking. <laughs> the weekend is creaking. I really liked um, the end part of SLS where he like brings the energy up. He's singing much louder. The drums are hitting harder. That shit is good. Uh, the third track, Sex on the Beach, is like... Is, oh, sorry. That's the first beat that's not produced by P&D. Uh, I like it, but I didn't like the bit at the start. He like sort of cut everything out. I'll, I'll play that for a little bit. Um, Sex on the beach. It's sort of like I don't know how to describe it. Like the beat sort of sounds far away, and then it just stops for like a couple seconds, and then comes up back full ball. I'm not really a fan of it. So it's kind of like the beat's underwater. I do really like the um, little like flume sample. I don't know disclosure. Sorry. The, uh, uh, that sounds really cool. I don't actually know when this break comes in. Sounds like a bloody, like a fire, like a hurricane alarm or something. Yeah, and it just stops. And then, why why did it come back so suddenly? Like it could have just had a nice swell. And then hit. That would have sounded so much better. But instead it just hits all of a sudden. Um, Like, you know, R&B is about vibes. And that did mess with the vibe. It really sort of brought it out of the song and like into your own head, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, He had a really good run um, from her way to Grown Woman where he really found his groove. It was him and it sounded really good. On Grown Woman, there was a little bit of like distorted bass that would come in for a second it kind of sounded like the beat switch from sicko mode you know the boom boom yeah, it sounded really cool um the aggressiveness of it sounded really good like under his silky voice yeah uh fwu which stands for fuck with you he had like this air horn kind of sound and they did not sound very good right on the track recognize he had a uh, he had the drake feature you better recognize when i see and I really he, want you. He was you, running you. laps around Drake. I think he, he murdered the track. Like, that was back in 2014. So, Drake wasn't like the mega star that he is now. Yeah, he's still very well known, but not like. Like, he's like top of the game. Yeah. So, yeah, to give give Drake full credit for that, but Pandy knocked that one out of the park. Um, on options, he rapped, and yeah, he did sound really, really good. He had this little um, scream ad-lib thing at the the first half of Thirsty. 
and it just reminds me of like have you seen Garfield the movie yeah yeah ages ago though alright it's coming up here I feel good da na 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 uh, yeah, a little, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that scream thing was actually taken from that song or not, but it sounds so similar. I'm going to hold it pretty close to the mic. Like, that's... I know what you're talking that's about. That's the I Feel Good song. But, um... Yeah, the closing track, Muse, was solid, and then the outro came on. And it's a sample from um, Only When You're Lonely by Genuine. It's pitched down, slowed down. It sounds amazing. Um, I was also glad that this album was mostly produced by PND. Like, there are only one or two tracks that weren't. And it definitely helps the project work with him. Uh, I really like this one. Maybe not as much as his first one. This one sort of like, it had higher points, but his first album was more consistent. Mm-hmm. They move it on to Party Next Door 3, 2016, two years later. The first track is fucking artistic. High hopes. It goes for like seven minutes. It's like R&B meets ASAP Rocky meets a 60s horror movie. I thought you were about to say it meets 69. Like, <laughs> Do you reckon he hates being called 69? Oh, probably. <laughs> that's funny. 69. Um, but yeah, that song is really, really good. This man is growing a lot. And like, not just in writing and singing as well, um, but like producing. This album is so much more solid all throughout. The second track is like a really cool like album rewind, or sorry, track rewind kind of sound at the end of each verse as it goes in the chorus. You know, the I don't really know how to do it. You know, track rewinding. I'll add in the sound so the people know. Yep. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like the rewind sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was like a commonly known sound or not. Right. Um, so yeah, that that sounds really really cool. Um, and the third track, there's like a a super high pitched like little vocal chop in there. Like it's only little, but it adds so much to the track. Uh, the fourth track though, not nice, is not produced by him, and you can tell. Like the vibe isn't as dark. It's actually like a little bit poppy, which does not suit PND. Like that's not what he does. And the exact same thing with the next two tracks as well. Only You, Don't Know How. They were, yeah, very poppy. But then Problems and Selfless came on. Produced by g Rai, I think. That's how you say it. G, full stop, R-Y. <clears throat> Don't know. Um, it's amazing. Realistically, the, the production didn't really need too much. The track was like, split into two. First half on Problems, he says that he has two beautiful women fighting over him. He loves it. And he says that he hopes his son has this problem. But then in the second half, selfless, he explains all the other shit that could happen from that and implies that he does not want it anymore. And he says, why is this happening to me? I'm selfless. Um, He obviously tells the story much better than that, but all the production needed was like some slow pitch down drums with a slow wavy synth. And that's what it had. It did sound really good. Uh, Temptations, he's back onto the producing and it, it does just work so much better. Uh, if you don't understand like what I mean when I say it's better when an artist produces for themselves, listen to this album. Don't get up the lyrics or anything. You can pick out just by sound which one he has produced and which one he hasn't. Um, 
like when he makes it, there's there's changes in the melody of the beat to suit what he's doing with his voice. Like the different pitch changes, the different inflections, it's all reflected in the beat. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago too in an album review, I forget which one, but there was an artist who usually produces for himself and he has someone else producing with him. Logic. And nah. <laughs> and um, then there was a song where only he produced it and it sounded like it was missing something. And I, I think it's just like a whole new set of eyes looking at like the patterns and breaking them down in an entirely different way. Uh, Transparency, which is uh, another song of his, also shows this. The production is next level amazing. And in that track, I actually think it outshines P&D as vocalist. There's three producers working on that one, P&D, Nino, and Business Boy. I'm not sure which of them is, re- is responsible for that bass line, but fucking well done. That shit is dirty. Like, I was, I listened to it in the shower. I needed to soap up again after hearing that. Dirty. That's properly dirty. Um, Brown Skin was easily his most experimental on the on the project. Um, I'll play it in a little bit, but he had, like, these church bell noises in there. And it's kind of like church bell cross a wind instrument. I don't really know what it is, but it, it, I don't think it sounds very good. Like, that's not just used for the intro. That's throughout the whole beat. It's a triangle. <laughs> now, what... I don't know what... No, it's like a piano. It's just pitched. No, that's like a... Oh, it could be a piano. Yeah, no, I don't... I don't feel them at all. Um, I do have to say, too, though, come and see me. Fucking hell. Production is fucking clean. Produced by 40, not PND. And 40 perfectly captured the vibe that PND was laying down. Uh, Drake's verse was super cold as well. That's easily the best track on the album. I have a hard line on there when he's like, um, I hear you saying we now. No, what's he say? He says like, oh, you say we. I didn't know you speak French now. Obviously talking about like we, <laughs> yeah. me, and you, and he's we. like, "No, that's not even a possibility. You're yeah. speaking a whole different language." Yeah, because we is yes in French. So. Yeah, that is actually pretty cool. That's got that's got layers to it. Yeah, like an ogre. Um, no, I'm with the gang right <laughs> now. I I think cause that that to me was the best track on the album, and I wish he ended it there. It was the <laughs> second last one, and yeah, the next track wasn't wasn't too good. It's one of my favorite PND songs. What? Um, Come and see me. Yeah, that that is a really good one. But that's that's a good and that's my favorite um, album of his as well. Nice. Really, really solid all throughout. Then moving on to his EPs, he's got two, both released in 2017. Colors two released in June. Uh, it's only four tracks long, but it is tidy. No, I, the other one didn't come out in 2017, did it? Yeah, both of them came out. I swear he had one that came out last year. Wait, no, last year wasn't 2017, right? No. Last year was 2018. June 2017 and September 2017. Oh. September 29th to be exact. Um, but yeah, so Colours 2, it's only four tracks long, so I don't have too much to talk about. Being only 17 minutes long, just go listen to it. You don't really need me to tell you what your opinion should be. Um, but it's a really good R&B track um, or project. I think the first track is the best and it sort of slowly declines. 
Like the last one's really, really good, so don't be twisting my words. But yeah, the first one's easily the best. And then uh, the Seven Days EP, released only a couple of months later. It's another short one, seven tracks long. And he finally introduced his producer tag here. He's gone, what, three years without one. Right. It's just, party. I'll cut your body. <laughs> it definitely could be better. <laughs> um, the chorus on the first track is catchy as Bad Intentions. And of course, it goes like, I'm a bad influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bet I'll make you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you said I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super catchy. Like I'm not going to sing because I can't sing. But he doesn't do much energy either. So I think it could have sounded a lot better. Um, I'm going to play the next song as well. Never Played Me. I don't remember why I'm playing it, but we'll get back to that. Oh yeah, the beat is so nice. This is just hard. Oh, that's a tag. Oh, that... I don't like those chords, the piano chords. That's nice. It sounds like Young Thug. That a lot of people... Like, in the refrain of that song... It sounds so much more like him. Drake did the best um, Young Thug impression. Do you? Yeah, I'll get that song up. But yeah, that does sound like Thugger. I think here is the refrain. No. Oh, there it was. That's 100% Thugger. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good track, but... So what's a Drake track? Oh, I'm trying to find it. Let me... Oh, that's in playlist. That's why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Albums. Um, is it... Uh... I can't remember what it's called. Right, I'm going to move on. Jump in whenever you find it. Yep. Uh, Damage is the next track up. It features Halsey. And I don't remember which show we talked about this whether it was the Monday show or the Friday show. So I don't know if you guys have heard this yet or not. But um, like I like Halsey. She's on sort of like the, the brink of pop. Yeah. She's like mainstream but indie. I think that's sort of what it is. Um, right. But adding her to this song really made it sound popping, like took him out of like R&B. And yeah, I don't really think that was... Uh, well, it's not really my thing. Yeah. I don't think it's Pandy's either. Uh, Better Man had a feature that surprised me. Fat Motherfucker was on there. Ricky Ross, the boss. And he fucking killed it. Like, yeah, those two sounded really good. Like, Pandy's silky voice, Rick Ross with his just dog bark of a voice. Yeah. That shit was nice. Um, and please go listen to The Right Way. Pause this video right now. Go listen to The Right Way and come back. I'll, I'll give you a second. How good was that? That shit is such a good song. Like, the beautiful acoustic guitar. Like, as he's just singing softly, you, you, I could just feel the silk coming out of the man's mouth. Mouth. His mouth. <laughs> <He's meth. laughs> that, that song is beautiful. That's one of my favourite songs of his of all time. Um, and then maybe I was wrong about all the producer stuff that I was saying earlier. There was not a single track on this album that was produced by him, and yet it was the cleanest production I've heard, like, on a track of his. 
maybe you just need to work closely with the producer. I don't know. Like, to be honest, I don't know what happens behind the track. Like, I don't know how much communication there is behind the, or between the producer and the artist. Yeah. Like, I do know that people just buy beats and then rap on it or just given beats and then rap on it. But maybe that like people like PND, Danny Brown, Kevin Abstract are working really closely with their producers. Like they could be standing behind them and just say, Oh, I like change like this note there. That's really nice. Yeah. And they could just be working with them. Like giving watch, them feedback um, in real time. You ever watch that YouTube series, uh, Kenny in the cave or Kenny beats oh, in yeah. the cave. Yeah. When Peggy was on it. Yeah. Like, I, I can't remember that specific one. I'm pretty sure I remember yeah. watching it. Oh, he yeah. was one of the first ones, yeah. Yeah, he was one of the first. I think it was like the second episode or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really cool one. That's probably what they do. Just yeah. work in the studio that, side by side. I think that's how it should be. Yeah. But yeah. All right, are you finished? Because I have that Drake's on, but I'll wait. I've got a little bit more, but you go. No, no, you go. Finish it off. All right. But this last project was really, really good. Seven Days, like easily my favorite one. Uh, but on the last song, he did like a, a scream kind of thing. Right. And it did not sound good to me. It, it just like ruined it a little bit. I'll play that. That's about a minute in if you want to like find the scream for some reason. But that's a beautiful beat. So you can hear him sort of like vocalizing there or harmonizing. That's what it's called. And that's nice. That's bad. And that's the only point in the song that he does that. And it sounds like he's in pain. Sounds like he's in pain. So I'm not a fan of that. But other than that weird scream thing, that is a solid album. Or project, because it's an EP. There you go. Yeah, so what's the song? All right, the song is called Mob Ties by Drake. Now, oh, yeah. Now, I understand that um, Young Thug is not on this song. I don't believe you. That sounds like Young Thug right there. Yeah. So that's Drake. You can kind of hear like the Drake voice when he slows down the last word. That's obviously Drake. Yeah. Yeah, this song actually gets hard. (laughs) That sounds a lot like Thugger. Yeah. I will give you that. I'm pretty sure Thug is doing ad-libs because if it's not then Drake has mastered <laughs> Young Thug's ad-libs at least because the ad-libs in the background where he's like yup yeah it sounds exactly like him but let's get into my Lorange and Jeremiah J I've committed to saying it like that complicate your life with violence mm-hmm. now or how to is it how to complicate your life I've written it down it's just complicate complicate your life with violence now Lorange the producer Jeremiah J the vocalist he uh jeremiah j and lawrence have worked before in the album called i can't remember it the night took us in like family that's what it's called okay and that's a nice name it it sort of apparently i haven't listened to this this is the first time i've heard of well i've heard of lawrence before never listened to any of his production um but i've never heard of jeremiah j but apparently this follows on from that. They're sort of like, they're both um, conception oh, okay. albums or concept albums and they sort of follow the same line. Now, from my gatherings, um, and apparently on Bandcamp, if you want to go on Bandcamp, they have Classic. more of a description of what these mean, these albums. So I guess okay. that's sort of like a blurb, but I didn't get to that. Like I said, I didn't have much time this week. Oh, that's fair. Um, 
But yeah, you're going to see the album artwork there, and it depicts quite obviously what it might have about it. It is about sort of the military complicating your life with violence, going to war, um, and sort of saying that um, peaceful people don't usually find peace. They're the ones that sort of have to suffer through yeah. the unrest, um, and then another generation gets it, which is obviously better than nothing. Um um, they also touch on sort of things like, and Genius has no lyrics too, by the way, so I can't, well, okay. they have three songs, um, and to be fair, they are three of the better songs, um, but, yeah, it's a bit annoying, um, yeah, on one of the songs, he sort of talks about that, like, you can do literally anything else, if you want, like, go do something else with your life, like, don't ruin your life by going to war, or, yeah. like, joining the army, um, obviously, they're against it more on the peaceful side of things. Um, but yeah, the one song that stood out to me was um, "Borrowed Brass" or "Brass." Um, That's which, cool, man. Which features Zero. I think I'm saying that right. Never heard of him. How do you spell it? Z e r o h. Okay. Yeah. Zero. Um, and Loji, who I have heard of, or Loji, who I have heard of, and I've only heard one. Um, He's good one album from him which is the one that came out last year um but yeah I really like um what Loji he has the fourth verse um <coughs> he says I'm ducking straight bullets these rappers all cap I can't stand nobody who lie in their raps for stacking up cheddar and stomping on rats the globe in my feet I'm headed for that Ooh. I'm gonna get up and, I'm gonna get up and get it I ain't got time to relax. Been busy all in my bag. Bobby Long, all in the sack. I've been trying to get it from AM to PM. I spray them when I see them. Ooh. I'm meaning my goals. I'm shooting my shots and making them splash. That's it's nice. missing lyrics. That like, Verse 1 literally has nothing, and verse 3 has literally nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to play Zero's verse on this song too. Um, he goes really hard. Lorange again is a really great underground producer. If anyone hasn't checked him out, I've only checked him out recently, so um, I'll definitely say he's worth it. Um, but I will get Borrowed Brass up. I, I'll just need to find it. That's a good voice, too. Oh. I like to say what. Yeah, Kanye's used that before, too. Oh, that's Jeremiah. That's a good voice. That's Zero. Fuck, he's got a good voice. I love that beat. Holy fuck. That's cool. Fuck, that sounds good. Oh, I like that. Oh. Oh, 
That's nice. Yeah, that's Loji. So we heard it, Jeremiah, Zero, and Loji in order there. But yeah, Lawrence, I want to talk about production for a bit. He definitely draws heavy inspiration from um, sample heavy era artists mm. such as Jay Dilla, rest in peace, obviously Mad Lib. Um, yeah. And uh, there's one more I'm trying to think of. Um, Mad Lib. I can't think of him right now. Um, I don't know why I can't think of him. Um, anyway, but yeah, he sort of really sort of packs in the beat. You heard there in, um, who was it? What's his name? Zero's um, verse. It actually had three different sort of beat progressions. It got further mm. and further along. Um, right in the middle, he changes from like a, a very hollow beat and he speeds it up. He adds in like a bit of drums to sort of liven it up a bit. Um, and I really like the... Um, Bleed allegiance through fatigues, like mm. fatigues. These egregious leaders see me beast, kill or be killed in the reeds or the trees. Smoke to a lie at ease and breathe again. Shotgun, pop blare. They're back in the street. PTS for the ops, though. Like, bleed allegiance, obviously, one of yeah. the big things in America is pledge allegiance, sort of do your duty at, at war. Um, these egregious leaders see me beast. So, like, the people, like, the, 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 I was about to call it parliament. What do they call it over there? The, Government. The government. The Congress as well? Yeah, like the congressmen. They know what they're doing is like sending these people to become beasts. Like they're killing machines. Yeah. Um, Kill or be killed in the... genetically modified kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Like soldiers. Yeah. Kill or be killed in the reeds or the trees. Like if you ain't killing someone, you're getting killed. Yeah. Um, Which is cool. Um, Yeah, Zero kills it. um, And Lawrence, they're the highlights of this um, track. And then we have... After Alley Life, um, I really like, because um, this has no samples, uh, no samples, no features, um, and Jeremiah just goes nuts right off the off the start. I'm going to play it. Um, just the way he comes in. Um, what, what did I say it was called? After, so after yeah. Alley Life. Ooh. Fuck, that sounds good. Yeah, so obviously Lauren is putting in heavy work, yeah. doing a lot of the leg work behind that um, vibe setting, and Lauren comes in like very cold, very articulated, very meticulous, and very um, sort of, I can't think of the word, I probably already said it, but he comes in with like a real heavy conviction. Like he comes mm. in and it's cold, and it's just, he gets his point across like cake up. Um, you die hard if you try and get it from me. Um, love, lost, only hate, cool now. Obviously, that's quite poignant in today's mm. um, era. When the temp's so high, they can't cool him down. Lust for more until the world is dry. Can't survive or feel a goalless pride. Obviously, talking about this earth is getting squeezed of everything we have. Obviously, mm. we're running out of resources. resources. Renewable energy 
is not being used. We're trying to burn those fossil fuels. People are trying to get money yeah. um, from sort of... They're gaining money at the expense of the world. And yeah. we're complicating our life again with... That could be seen as a violence. Mm. We're sort of destroying the, the earth to, to line other people's pockets, obviously. The little people aren't getting lined. They're yeah. facing all the consequences and getting none of the benefits, um, which is sad. Mm. Um, so it is quite um, heavy, this album, and it's not one that you can just listen to if you're not into it. Definitely, yeah. it took me... I listened to this album three times. Um, first time listening through, like you, like I heard the melodies and like I heard like the beat sort of... Yeah, like how, how it sounds. unlock something, but you have to go yeah. a little bit deeper to get that mm. um, deeper meaning. And the last song I'm going to play, the last one I'm going to talk about is um, Dead Battery, uh, which is just a cool name. That's a Suicide Boys song as well. Is it? But, um, yeah. But the what you just said there, like what I was hearing, I like didn't really hear the lyrics properly yeah. until you reread them. Yeah, and I was exactly. like, okay, that is actually cold. Like, yeah. yeah, I was just more focusing. Like I was unpacking how it sounds first. Yeah. I really like yeah. the way that um, Lorange opens up this sample on their battery, but also the, the way Jeremiah comes in and he's just like, like it just comes in. It's like this, like this, this, like this, like it's just sort of like short, sharp, um, sort of lines, but let's hear it. Let's see what you think. It's very like grand. That. Yeah. That's like an old sort of Disney movie. Like an old Western. Yeah. What's that? Is it Zorro? The guy with the sword? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like him. Oh. I like that funky bass. Yeah. I like that. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Um... Like, the way that he sets it up is just so meticulous. And obviously, he has such great support by Lawrence. And I'm actually going to go back and listen to that other album. Um, yeah, and and delve a little bit deeper into this. But this is such a great album. You should go and listen to it if you really enjoy sort of unpacking music. Mm. And it's sort of... The way I describe it is like, this is old school music, but sounding fresh. Like, yeah, released yeah. this year. Like, the way that he... Sort of like that boom bap, sort of mm. very old school style like sort of New York style um, even though none of, neither of them are from New York Jeremiah is actually from Chicago um, I can't remember where Lawrence is from he, he did say I, I have read where he's from but I can't quite place it um, right now anyway but yeah these two guys come together perfectly they've obviously worked together both underground artists when when sort of now these are different underground to what Robert listens to obviously mm. like sort of like a different sort of style of underground but usually when two underground um artists come together they make really great music like yeah. think like mad lib or like med and blue yeah think like uh who did i do earlier this year blue and someone else yeah um i did aesop rock and someone on malibu, malibu. Yeah, yeah malibu ken yeah yeah like yeah that shit was usually fucking good. yeah like mf doom and someone else yeah like guys like that like 
it's definitely MF Doom and Mad Lib is the one I'm trying to think of. Um, but yeah, like when sort of those types of characters come together, they usually make really great music. Yeah. Like you can hear it here, like that dad, um, what's it called? Dad core sort of, that yeah. like dad rock sort of vibe. Yeah, I, I can um, see that. Like that sort of, what's it called? Math rock. That's what it's called. I couldn't math think of rock. It. Math rock. That's sort of like the genre. Okay. Um, Never heard that before. And, well, I could be making that up. I'm fairly certain. <laughs> um, but I really want to read this um, final thing right at the end before I get my score. But like, I just really like the, the theme of this. So he says, Welcome to Babylon, where the streets ain't calm. Since BC, we've been raining on. Feel it, thunderstorm from Zeus when he clashed with the Titans. Leviathan biting tidal waves from Poseidon. Across the landscape, the cause of earthquakes. The cost to cross gates. A price that man's made shall bargain for a trade or slaughter for the gang, bring honor to our name or march into the flames. But like, I really like that, that. Nice. Babylon, and then he's obviously talking thunderstorm, Zeus, yeah. Clash of the Titans, Leviathan biting tidal waves from Poseidon. Obviously, yeah. Poseidon's in the water. But yeah, hard album. I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, could go. go up or down. Uh, well, most likely up because I haven't listened to it as much as what I've listened to other albums. But mm. yeah, definitely a great album that you should check out. Complicate Your Life with Violence by Lorange and Jeremiah J. Let's get into your okay. review of Danny Brown. You know what I'm saying? Upside down question mark. Is that what it's yep. called? Yep. Just guessed it. <laughs> I knew it was something like that. So on a... I think I've just broken down each sort of... Like a, a highlight of each song. But so change up. Production is fucking nasty. It's on some Radiohead shit. The flow is smooth. Um, there was one part in verse one, which was a little bit awkward. Um, he the the lyric is still kept a clip. Asked and got it for cheap, and he pronounces it like asked rather than asked. Yeah. So like the syllables, although they're the same amount of syllables, it takes longer to say. So it basically adds one, but that. That song had some hard lines in it, um, like "Mind of a Master, Blood of a Slave." Like that is hard. That is hard. That that's cool as. And then um, "Lost in the Streets, Found on the Beat." That's a really really good line. I like that one I like a lot. That too, yeah. And then "Stand Up Neighbors Take Shots to the Knees." That's also a really cool one. It's nice. Uh, Three Tears is Danny collaborating with Run The Jewels on a track produced by Q-Tip and JPEG Mafia. How good is that? Danny and Run The Jewels produced by Q-Tip and JPEG. So you already know, it does go dummy hard, I star. 100%. It runs dirty. There's no like sort of clever wordplay or anything, just hard bars. Uh, Belly of the Beast is one of the tracks that features Obong Yaya. I'm not sure if that's how you say it or not, but he's not what I expected. He's Nigerian. I am Nigerian. Um, I am Liberian. <laughs> I really, really like his voice. So, like, it gave... I'll play that. It gave it a very, like, sort of mysterious kind of vibe. Uh, belly of the Beast. Now, one thing I need to know, because I haven't listened to this album, mm-hmm. is he in the high-pitched voice the whole time? Uh, not the whole time, no. He does some rapping? Yeah. Nice. I don't know when old. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> like a leech on my scrotum. <laughs> there are some funny, 
I don't know when oh mate Obong comes in. Oh yeah there. So it's quite a quite an airy bit and this can't be real, must be a dream. Like it sounds really cool. It suits like the sort of it's like a reversed synth kind of thing. Um Savage Nobad is a track. Never heard of the producer. His name is Player Hayes, and he just goes mental. I'm gonna get that song up. That song goes so hard. Oh, where is it here? Oh, I love that. What is that? The instrument. Yeah. That sounds so cool. And I've heard it before. Yeah, me too. But yeah, the production is like next level. And um, before this one, the the last couple of songs, his lyrics have been like sort of brought back in a little bit. Like they've still been hard, but they haven't gone in. Right. But this one here, like you just heard, like I've just gone from the start of the first verse, and you, which you would have heard then. Fuck, stop, fuck school, stole the scales out of chemistry class. And made it all come back like memory lapse. I'm in that matte black lack strap under the floor mat. A weatherman at B. I predict the forecast. Shower any beat with the dirtiest vocab. Like that is hard. Then later on in the same verse. My vocal take a green beret. Kill the verse. Leave booth decay. And then he goes on to say something about tooth decay. Because <laughs> you know he's missing teeth. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Um, but my favourite one, which is just cold, give a toe tag to a broke ass who sold fu- oh, I'm saying that again. Give a toe tag to a broke ass who sold fast for slow cash. And like with an American accent, that's hard. And then also tied at first, every day same shit, different porta potty. <laughs> that's quite hard too. <laughs> it is. Uh, on the song Best Life. <clears throat> it's a much more happy vibe than Danny usually goes with. Uh, the pre-chorus is like very Kanye-inspired with like a very old sample of a woman singing like la-la-la kind of, you know, harmonizing kind of thing. And then Danny just comes in with, came from the sewer where hot dogs get boiled right up in the same pot, uncooked the rock. <laughs> That's, that is hard. Hot dogs get boiled. Yeah, in the same pot that his uncle cooks rock. That is hard. That is hard. And he does not slow down from there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Had, which is like the, the title track. Had some great production, but I actually did not like Danny at all. Both verses were like, hands dirty because I got out the mud. Know what I'm saying? Backstabbed by somebody you love. Know what I'm saying? Everybody out there for thyself. Know what I'm saying? And like every second line is just know what I'm saying. And there's like a big pause between each line as well. But on that song, Obanyaya had the chorus. He sounded great. Not entirely sure if I can say this next song or not, so I'll say it, get your opinion, and then maybe bleep it. I think it's okay, but Negro Spiritual. Nah, you can say that. All right. I said that Negro Swan album by Blood Orange. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's sort of like... Negro means teetering. black yeah. in Spanish. So. Yeah, yeah, I know. But like... So. It just sounds quite <laughs> negative. But, um... Yeah, that uh, is a collab with Peggy. 
and produced by Flying Lotus. They should have so. done it produced by Run the Jewels. <laughs> well, LP. Kill Mike doesn't produce. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, and that sounds like an awesome collab. Like with Peggy, Flying Lotus on the, the production. The production was amazing. Danny was good, but Peggy didn't get a verse, which I was really hoping for. He had the chorus, and the chorus, he really like channeled his inner Pharrell. Like he sounds so much like him. I'll get I'll get that up actually, because that is a, a nice song. How hard is that? He just comes straight out as well. That sounds so much like Pharrell. Yeah, I can I can see that. Like on yeah. blurred lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. Yeah, so that song wasn't as good as I was hoping. Well, like, it, it sounded good, but it just wasn't what I was hoping for. Um, Shine features Blood Orange, and Danny went hard in the first verse. 19s, but I keep a plane, though. Leather inside, dark to the window. Wood grain wheel, tell me how you really feel. Which is dope. Just, just like, hard bars about cars. Yeah. And then later on, I like this lyric much more. No way we could never be equal in the haystack. I was that needle, hold it in, thinking no one will believe you. Lose it all in a second like me too. This whole world is evil. Gunshots echo, never be peaceful. Smoking diesel to forget it all. That is hard. I like the me too line. That was pretty clever. Um, but I didn't really like any of Blood Orange's lyrics. Like, I, he, well, he didn't really have a verse. It was like an outro. I just might not have understood them. They're quite, quite artistic. It yeah. might have gone over my head. But um, the flows and melodies he used were beautiful, but the verse was, The dream is realized. My heart skips a beat. I'm tying my feet. The baby can't sleep. Defeat the sun. Reach. The furthest relax. The weed is uncertain. Why men attacked. Fax is unlocked. Dress is untied. Mind could explode. Time to cut ties. There you go. So like I'm seeing like some sort of pattern. Yeah, like he's he's leaving someone. Yeah, you know, cut ties. Your mind could explode. So someone who's not good for him. But I no idea what defeat the sun. The weed is uncertain. Why men attacked? Like I don't know what the fuck any of that means. Um, combat is listed as featureless, which is the, I think that's the last song. Right. Um. So you can imagine my pleasant surprise when both Q-Tip and Consequence jumped in for a shared verse. Production is just vibe heavy with some trumpets in it, and Danny just goes half, goes hard. Like it's not even a line that means anything. It's just hard. Right. I don't give a fuck. I could talk a cat off the back of a fish truck. Tell me what's up. All about the game. So I'm hunting a big buck, big butt, slim waist and a hair long. Pass it down to me like a heirloom. The henny got me wetter than whale piss. I die for this shit like Elvis. <laughs> I could talk a cat off the back of a fish truck. <laughs> Never heard that saying before. Henny got me wetter than whale piss. <laughs> Do whales piss? Surely. I don't know. Maybe it just comes out in the... <laughs> well, like, whale piss would be water and piss, so that's quite wet. And he's still wetter than that. He's wetter than too wet. Double wet. But yeah, so overall, the best thing about the album, I would say, would have to be production. 
And that's not shitting on Danny at all because he was still really good. He was there with like a really funny line every now and then to just go, classic Danny, you know. But like the production was just solid all throughout. It was it really was something else. Um, a theme song, for example, in, uh, interpolated Shook Ones Part 2 by Mob Deep. And that really suited Danny. And he chose producers that aren't super well known. And I think that worked really well in his advantage. Like, I, I do have to give him credit for that. But, yeah, Danny's just, like, unlike anyone else in the rap game. He's, like, a naturally funny cocaine addict, but he doesn't need cocaine to be like that. Like, he's just like that. Yeah. Um, he's a weird guy. <laughs> he's a weird guy, but I love him. Uh, I'm going to rate it a 7 out of 10, mainly because I have a feeling that that might change once I listen to it more and more over the coming weeks, so the score may go up and down. Or up or down, depending on its replayability. Yep. I think it's going to go up because the production is what is the highlight of the project. Right. So that's not something that's like a funny line like whale piss where it's going to wear off after two listens. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, that whale piss line. Like production's going to keep up. Yeah. So I think that will go up maybe to an eight. Right. But yeah, I will update you guys if the score changes at all. But yeah, seven out of ten or you know what I'm saying, upside down question mark by Danny Brown. There you go. So two sevens today. <laughs> yeah. And that is the show. So be sure to tune in on Friday. Friday. Yeah. We've got a few things. I'm yep. sure Rob is going to take the punishment well that I have. <laughs> but you'll have to see what that is yeah. um, in a couple of days' time. So I hope you enjoyed the reviews and the general chat. Yep. <laughs> We open our Monday's show just talking about iPhones for like five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. Multicultural. <laughs> what? Talk about all topics. Multitopical. Yeah. <laughs> See you guys in two days. Cheers for watching. That's a wrap.